Welcome to Intersect Where Church Meets Culture. I'm Josh Desch, the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined once again by my still melodious wife, Betsy. That's Thank you. great to have you back it's again. It's great to be here again. All right. This podcast wouldn't be possible without you. No one's going to sit around and listen to me. Oh, but cute. I'll say this. It, we, not only do we have Betsy in the studio with us, but we are back with our two incredible guests, Jeremy Bazard and Carrie Roberts, mm-hmm. to continue our discussion about worship. The title of this episode is Working Your Worship Muscles. I love that. Right? Mm-hmm. We need to we need to get buff when, like when it comes to worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Betsy, you at the end of episode one on uh, episode one on worship, you asked the best question in the history of Intersect, and then oh. we and then we just stopped the podcast. So can you please repeat that question, and we will continue this discussion on worship. Yes. So um, my question was: Let's let's say someone shows up to church on Sunday morning, just feels really kind of dried out and. They're there because they know they should be there or their kids should be there or whatever reason. But they just feel like they have nothing on the inside, um, completely dry. How would you counsel those people? How can how can we move from, you know, just sitting there totally disengaged into having an experience of worship? What What can that person do? I mean, I think I would say... First of all, every single person has experienced that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come into maybe worship, for a long absolutely. season, for a long season, mm-hmm. yeah. and even the people who are leading at times mm-hmm. yeah, are feeling absolutely. are having seasons like that. And I think the mm-hmm. the first and primary thing is that people should understand that this is where you should be mm-hmm. when you're feeling dry and you're feeling like you're in a dark season. Being in the presence of God with the people of God should be a balm to your soul. You know, just mm-hmm. Come in and, you know, Jesus says, come to me, you know, come and drink, come and come to me and receive from me. And that's, that's, that's what we are doing when we come to worship is not only are we coming to, to gather together as his people, to engage with God, to worship him and lift him up, but we're also receiving from him, reminding of his word the truth of the gospel, the truth of who we are in him, and that should just kind of ignite our hearts to remember who we are, to remember who he is. To I mean, this happened to me over and over this past weekend in different worship scenarios where I was just like, yes, Lord, I remember. Yes, Lord, I remember. I hear you. Thank you for reminding me. Um, and I think that's just, we need that. So mm-hmm. I would say if you're ever tempted, if you're feeling dry and you're just like, I don't feel like getting dressed and going to church. I just don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not in me. I'm not going to be authentic mm. when I worship. It's just mm-hmm. going to be fake. Do it anyway, because mm. he's ready there to meet you. That's mm. what it's about is meeting with God. Mm. Yes. I would ditto everything she just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She took she took most of my answer. Um, yeah, I would say a couple things. First, I would say that we have to, as a, as a person who struggles with striving, I would say we have to recognize that we are not the ones who create the worship experience for ourselves. Mm -hmm. God delights to minister to us. He desires to give us rest. You know, Jesus said, take my peace, my peace I give to you. Um, So a lot of times I struggle in those moments with coming and thinking, Oh, I've got, you know, just like Carrie was talking about, I've, I've got to be authentic. I have to be in this moment. I have to do something. And then mm-hmm. the problem with it, that is mm-hmm. that all the focus is just 
on I, like mm-hmm. me, but it's not about that. The other thing I would say is uh, some of the most powerful worship experiences that I've had have come when I'm completely empty, when I'm just mm-hmm. dead, when I'm drained, when I'm lost, when I'm in grief. Um, it's those moments actually where the Lord has room because you get out of the way mm-hmm. because you don't have anything to get in the way with sometimes. I, even, mm-hmm. I mean, I had, had had that happen this week just at the um, – I just recently went to a worship conference and I was just struggling with all any number of things and it was just you know life and work and personal things and all the all the things and I just said to Lord I said Lord you you have to talk to me mm. like I'm coming because I don't want to run away from you I want to run to you but but God you have to speak and he did it was just it was mm. it was wonderful mm. I believe it's Zephaniah chapter 3 I don't know the verse. Mm-hmm. It says the Lord sixteen re- and seventeen or something. The Lord yeah. rejoices over you with singing, loud singing, mm-hmm. loud singing. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'll take it. Yeah. That's that's an incredible verse. It is. It's on my bedroom wall. Mm. Mm. <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah, that really is. Well, uh, that's a great reminder, y'all. And if I could just highlight two R words uh, that I believe I both heard mentioned were remember and and renewal. We need to remember. That's so helpful to remember. You know, I'm a preacher, okay? I don't know how many of my own sermons I could just go through and name the titles and the main points, but you hear a sermon and you're reminded, or or you learn for the first time of, about truth, and worship is about so many ways it's similar, but it's that remembering mm. and then experiencing that renewal and letting the Lord, He's the one that has to do it. Mm-hmm. We can't renew ourselves. No, we can put ourselves in the place of remembering and renewal. That's a great uh, point, Betsy. And and to connect that to the Holy Spirit, I've heard a mentor in my life one time say that we can't uh, just sort of command the Holy Spirit to fill us, but we can put ourselves in the place that when the pouring comes and the anointing comes, that we're there to receive it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, let me uh, ask a, a bit of a follow-up question here. What do you wish every believer understood about worship and we've maybe we've already touched on some of these different things with that last question but uh, are there things that you just kind of wish that every person that is truly a disciple of Jesus uh, would 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 just know and would not question about the significance of worship the calling of worship the command of worship yeah I guess I'll jump in there I think um Sort of what we talked about in in the first episode is I think the challenge and our error uh, frequently is that we allow external things, physical things, surface things to get in the way of the real thing and the true thing. And Mm. that is to meet with God. Mm. And so I think my heart often is that as believers, when we come into the worship environment, that we would be able to lay aside all the distractions of all the things that we think about the environment we're in, the people that are with us, the music that we're hearing, what the preacher's wearing, uh, whether it was my favorite Bible verse. Um, There's so many things. We all do it, us leaders included, Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think we often just miss God because we do that. Mm. And I would add to that um, that worship is not optional. Mm. In the Word of God, He mm-hmm. He commands it. 
like pretty much everywhere you see it in scripture, it's worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Mm. Clap mm. your hands, praise the Lord. Um, sing. Sing to the Lord a <laughs> new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. When you feel like it, right? <laughs> if you like the song. Yeah. Oh, I just said she went there. Hey, we're going to go there in a second. We're going to go there. Just just wait. We're just wait. Yeah. But I was thinking about, I was just looking up Psalm 100 because, I mean, basically it's like, make a joyful noise, serve the Lord, come into his presence, know that the Lord is God, Um, enter his gates with thanksgiving, give thanks to him, bless his name. All of those are commands and like, it's so, it's Mm, the Lord, the Lord requires this of us and it's a joy to obey him. In worship, mm-hmm. that that is very helpful because you know. So to be a follower of Jesus does not just mean that I would answer in the correct way twenty five theology questions, and that I would basically keep the Ten Commandments most of the time. <laughs> but um, at least outwardly, maybe not inwardly, but at least outwardly. But when when I'm called into the life of God, when I'm when I'm made new, when I'm a new creation in Christ, worship is not an option. I have to do it. I'm commanded to do it. And as the Spirit of Christ is in me, there should be a part of me that delights to do it as well. Absolutely. Even if that's not there at every moment. No. And it's often not. It's often not. Going back to what Betsy said uh, uh, when we started, um, we're talking about coming into worship in a place where we're dry and empty. And uh, we as leaders have experienced that. And so I think it's also important for us to just come uh, by faith. When we don't feel like the joyful noise, or we don't feel like serving, we don't feel like singing, we don't feel like uh, even knowing. Sometimes we're just we're just coming in empty. I think sometimes we just go in and do it by faith and walk through what the Lord has said we need to do, and then mm-hmm. He'll re- He'll respond. Hmm. So, um, how do you all approach a worship service that we can all learn from? And th- this this really goes into getting a little bit of a glimpse of how you guys think about the song selection, the integration with the message, even even what you do with your own hearts. I mean, I know that uh, a lot of folks probably don't give a lot of preparation to worship, mm. and and so, but what can we learn? From from you all who you know, y'all do this. This is your calling. This is your vocation. What are some of the things that you all do to, as you approach your your craft? <laughs> so many things. Well, we've talked about this here, uh, Josh and Betsy. We have a liturgy that is specifically constructed to walk us through the narrative of the gospel, mm. the gospel message every week. And so that's one thing that we definitely look at is when we sing a song or even when we pray a prayer or read a scripture, what what moment of that liturgy are we in? What place in that narrative are we reminding ourselves of? And then how does what we choose fit that? Uh, and then at the same time, we have, the, I think we have what we talked about before a little bit, the balance of horizontal and vertical. And so, you know, mm-hmm. Paul admonishes us at least a couple of times, I believe, in uh, Ephesians and maybe Colossians, Colossians the other one, yep. to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm. But he also says to sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. So there is a horizontal aspect to worship, and we look at that when we pick songs. What are, what are we singing to each other to encourage each other with as a community, as the body? 
And then also, what moments do we have that are there for us to encounter God or to express ourselves personally? Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a good uh, balance there in the Christian life as well. The the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And so there's always this vertical and horizontal mm-hmm. dimension to the Christian life. Now, um, let me go ahead and just kind of go where Betsy went a, a couple <laughs> minutes ago. Um, okay, let's be honest. Um, we all have strong musical preferences. Maybe there's one out of a hundred of us who does not, but we have Apple Music in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, we all can name a uh, hundred artists that we've listened to over the years. We've all listened to literally thousands and thousands of songs. Who knows what the av- how many songs mm-hmm. the average person's listened to in their mm-hmm. lifetime when they're by the time they're our age. Um, so you go to worship, and I mean, wh- what if I don't get the songs that I like? What if I, uh, you know, how do I how do I navigate this? I mean, there is, I guess, really the kind of question bets is is sort of the the balance of preference with um, sort of putting that aside for the mm-hmm. sake of the body and how much should preference matter? And is that is that kind of some of the places you were going when you... Yeah, yeah, because I'll come to church and there'll be a song I don't love necessarily. Doesn't happen very often, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and But in that moment, I don't want to steal y'all's thunder, but in that moment, just speaking to myself, I have the choice, am I going to worship or am I going to not? And it, mm-hmm. And ultimately, when it's not about me and it's, you know, God likes, I think you could say God likes all kinds of music and, you know, maybe you could say some songs are lyrically better than others or something, but but if it's not about me, then can't I sing and worship equally with every song? But mu- so. <laughs> but musically, I mean, it's not like God has a favorite instrument. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that would, uh, I don't yeah. see any verse for that. Right. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So you guys, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a loaded question. It I'm, is I, so loaded. I I'm feel like struggling. There's a I feel like to answer it. Target right here. Well, no, you know, there's just so many ways to answer that, and there are so many facets of what we do and how we think about it that would apply here. I don't even know where to start. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that could be enough. Its own five question episode, and it's you know, it could. in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think um, maybe you just start with you have a question here about discipleship, and I think part of growing as disciples in Christ means that when we walk into a worship service, we're not walking in in order to get our favorite thing. Mm-hmm. We're walking in, mm-hmm. the more and more we grow in Christ, the more and more we want to be with His body, mm-hmm. the more we go because that's what we want. We want to be with God and we want to we mm-hmm. want to be with His mm-hmm. people and we want to sing songs together. So, I mean, I think every single person has not like some song that they've sung or mm-hmm. that's not my favorite tune mm-hmm. or I don't like that instrument. And it's, I think just part of growing as disciples in Christ is when we come to that place, we, we learn to ask ourselves, okay, what, what is being sung here? Mm-hmm. What is the truth here? Where am I seeing God in this? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for me? And even if I just stand there and don't sing, I'll never forget as long as I live. And I say this all the time. In my previous church, which was pretty contemporary as far as the style of music, there was a couple who were in their probably 60s, 70s, and the the majority of people in that church were under 40. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they were very much in the minority in that church, but they felt called to be there, and they were always there. They did not love the style of music. Mm -hmm. But every week, she asked me, this one lady asked me for a printout of the lyrics, and she stood 
with her earplugs in <laughs> and read the lyrics <laughs> and worshipped with her face. Mm. <laughs> and wow. she never wow. sang. Mm. She read the lyrics and then she would she would email me and say, I love the lyrics to this song and I mm. took this home so I could meditate on it in my prayer time. Oh, wow. Just precious. Mm. And they stay I mean, they were there yeah. throughout mm. every week. And it, it just it was such an encouragement to me to be like, you know what? If they can be like that, I can be like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I was gonna say, spoiler alert, the directors of music don't like all the songs. <laughs> what? I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's, I think the perception is we're just, we're just picking you what just we pick like. You just your favorites, yeah. No, actually we're not. Uh, not, not at all. Oh, if I, so I've said this sometimes just joking with our staff around here, the music and creative staff, like if I were going to pick the songs for our service that just I love, you wouldn't recognize the church. You just wouldn't. Wow. It would just be so different. Yeah. Um, Carrie, I am just so thankful that you just made that connection to discipleship. I think that's the first time that, that we've used that word on these two episodes. And we can approach worship a lot of different ways. Am I get what I? Am I getting what I want? Um, is it is worship an on or off switch? But if worship is part of our discipleship, if it's not optional, first of all, and then if you add on top of that that. Um, mature, I'm supposed to mature as a worshiper. Mm. That is part of me becoming mm. more like Jesus. So I'm supposed to mature in how I handle my emotions uh, and, and my language that I use and my thought life and my reading of the word. Well, why would we say that worship is not a category that we're also called to mature in mm. and, and to go to deeper places in terms of our participation, our appreciation, our engagement, all of it. Mm. That's really a that's an awesome story about that about that lady and just how she was seeking to uh, bring her heart to the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I also very much desire for the church uh, at large to understand that what we do on Sunday mornings for worship should not be the uh, the meat and potatoes, or I don't know how that may not be the right way to put it. That should not be the only. Uh, part of the week that we are diet that we are uh, feasting mm. on worship, if mm. I can put it that way. Yep, it, we we need to be worshiping. We need to be worshiping at every moment and mm. throughout the week. Mm. And uh, yeah, it certainly shouldn't be a Sunday only thing. Mm-hmm. We we have just a couple more questions here. Um, okay, so one that's interesting for me uh, is uh, God created us. Uh, he gave us bodies and he gave us souls. Okay, we're a body soul bundle. That's the way some theologians put it. Um, you could also you you can divide up what a human is in other ways. We're mind, we're spirit, we're emotions. There's others. We're will. There's different ways to do it. But at any at any rate, if you are a Christian and it really, if you believe anything supernatural, you believe we're more than just physical processes. We're more than just you know organic material. Um. So, but yet. We're, we still are bodies. We still have bodies. We have wills. We have emotions. So what does it look like to try to bring all of who we are into worship? And in our tradition, um, I think we've always been very strong on engaging the mind with worship, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is super important. Um, we, need to, we need to discern truth. We need to remind ourselves of truth. We need to proclaim truth. Uh, and we need to engage that with our minds. Um, but yet... 
I think we would say an integrated approach to worship would include more than our minds. So have y'all given that any thought about how we can engage with uh, in the worship experience that's beyond just the mental? Yeah, I think both are so important. Um, we often think in terms of intellectual and emotional uh, being coupled together. And I think the perception, if I can kind of generalize it, is often that if somebody is emotional, that they're not being intellectual. Mm-hmm. And, and Gary and I have had so many conversations about this over the years that for us, at least uh, speaking for us, oftentimes, if we have an emotional response, it is directly related to an intellectual process. Absolutely, mm-hmm. It's the truth that we're processing about what we're singing, about what's being prayed or preached that that moves us to the realization that that is true for us, that it applies to us, and then our response is emotional. Mm. Uh, and it's just bringing our whole selves in. I don't think, I think if we bring ourselves in either emotionally and just looking for the emotional experience or only intellectually, we're we're missing a big part of uh, who God created us to be, mm-hmm. and I actually say that often uh, in this with this topic that um, God created us to be emotional beings. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with us experiencing emotion. Mm-hmm. It may be hard to discern. It may be difficult to to navigate through at times. And yeah, our emotions maybe can be deceiving at times. But there's nothing wrong with having emotions. Mm-hmm. It's how God made us. Mm-hmm. That's right. For me, I think that just kind of the process, like on any given Sunday morning, what would happen is if the truth that I'm hearing is going into my mind and like the Holy Spirit is taking it into my heart and then what comes out in the song is the response Mm -hmm. and and that can be, you know, and that can be expressed physically with my body, with my hands, Mm -hmm. with my face, with my, with my heart. Maybe I might get on the floor. Wow. Um, you might that's dance awesome. before the Lord I'm, with all your might, as I, King David did. Oh. I might, but with clothes on. And, <laughs> but and it, but then it's a cycle because then like what comes out of my mouth also then engages my mind again, and mm. it might go to somewhere mm. else, and then it might be like the Lord brings some other thing to recollect to my recollection of like oh this reminds me of this scripture, and then I can say that, which it can also be, you know that's tying in like just how the Holy Spirit interacts with us and like that's that's prophetic like mm. I can now I can now speak that mm. and say hey God wants you to hear this in mm. this moment and remember how it relates to that and like this my brain is always going during worship <laughs> and um, connecting all these dots and then it, but it comes into here and into my you know into my guts <laughs> to mm-hmm. my, into my inner mm-hmm. being and it just sure. makes me excited mm. Um so the ancients said the bowels were the center with the heart of the person. That's where <laughs> that's where that's where our center was. That's why mine are so big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, this is so helpful because you know what I think people think with emotion. Well, I think a lot of people are afraid of emotions. One is one thing I would say. But uh, a big fear w- with worship or concern with worship would be that emotions are sort of running the show. So I think it's so helpful to hear y'all say the emotion being the response to the truth mm-hmm. and and saying that this is how I can't help but 
but respond when my mind and you have to you're not going to know the truth if your mind's not engaging with the truth yeah think of all the times that we're moved to an emotional response in our lives you know we see our kids do something amazing and it brings you to tears and you know you read a card from a friend and it brings tears to your Mm -hmm. eyes you know Mm -hmm. why would we think worship would needs to be any different or is strange if it if it if it goes there Yep, and in all those ways, the information is still mediated through our minds. Mm-hmm. Because through our minds to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it go, and it all comes yeah. down to relationship. You know, it's, worship is part of our relationship with God. That's and great. if you're pursuing a relationship with your spouse or somebody that you love, you don't feel like you have to come at them with only intellectual conversations and only with decorum. And mm. you know, you you just come and you talk you even and you want share. That, really. No, you wouldn't mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. So you come mm-hmm. with your whole self and mm-hmm. just. Be yourself mm-hmm. and engage with them. And then even taking that back to scripture, uh, scriptural examples that we were talking about earlier, that um, if you look at the responses of encounter with God in scripture, there's often a pretty emotional response. I mean, Isaiah mm-hmm. 6, Isaiah, woe is me. I'm un- mm-hmm. I, He was undone mm-hmm. when he encountered the Lord. And we're not going to have that kind of experience every single time we come to worship, um, but, it, but they're definitely tied together. Mm. Mm. This has been amazing, and as we talked about before we went into the studio, we could talk about this all day. We really could. (laughs) But we've got to cut it off at some point. I want to thank Jeremy and Carrie so much for coming on uh, these episodes. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for being here. And Bets, can you tell our audience uh, where they can find us on Facebook and and just uh, if they would love it if you'd rate review and subscribe as well. Yes, we do have a Facebook group. It's called Intersect Podcast. Um, guys, we do leave show notes on our um, website, which is www.neprez.com slash podcasts. And um, we are, I think we're available on the podcasting apps. Um, so if you want to leave us a rating or a review, as long as it's good. Just kidding. <laughs> Please feel free. <laughs> hey, um, any questions that you guys would have for Jeremy and Carrie, you can email intersect at anyprez.com and we will uh, get you connected there and you can benefit from their wisdom. Mm-hmm. All right, see you next time.